Don't worry about that, right? Look down, look at the grass. Kick off your shoes, like this. When was the last time you did that? <laughs> Feels good, right? Yeah. Grass between your toes. Feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think maybe, maybe it's time we go in. This week's episode of Lawyer Up is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash lawyerup. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hey, Rick Foster, how you doing? Doing good, Jackie Heard. I, I think it's time. I think I think it is time. Not only is it time, oh well, it's almost season finale yes, time. My goodness, it's unbelievable. It's show time. <laughs> oh, Jackie, you've been you've been making waves uh, around the internet. Uh, you just recently jumped on Cord Killers to talk. What? Uh, no, art. stop that. I, I'm just saying you you taught you are in the zone for talking about Better Call Saul with uh, a lot of different people. and Oh, I mean... well, I appreciate you mentioning that. Yeah, actually, uh, earlier this week on Monday, uh, a show that I do some booking for uh, where we get people like Dana Bernetti of House of... Go who, executive producer of House of Guards, good friend of Kevin Spacey, all those people, Court Killers, hosted by Brian Brushwood and Tom Merritt. I, w I jumped in at the very last minute to talk about Better Call Saul, on cord killers so if if you guys i i'd imagine most of the people who are listening to us you know listening to a podcast you're the kind of person that really doesn't want to sit around and wait through commercials when you watch television shows quote unquote like uh <laughs> better call Saul. and i would really encourage you to check out cord killers you can go to cordkillers.com and i don't know why i'm promoting them they were promoting us. Both of them are unbelievable uh, for for just promoting our show kind of uh, week in and week out uh, for, oh, yeah. for Better Call Saul. Yeah. And it, I'd like to personally thank Brian and Tom for for the almost free plugs that, that they give us. Yeah, yeah. Who would imagine TV star of Hacking the System, Brian Brushwood, and, you know, Tom Merritt of Daily Tech of, News. Of uh, you know, and Buzz Out Loud, which and just Buzz, had a reunion. Oh, so. you were you you were at the Buzz Out Loud show. Yes, uh, it was very it was unbelievable, kind of, kind of emotional. Uh, I mean, especially playing playing uh, voicemails. But speaking of emotional, we we had kind of an emotional episode and and very dynamic when it when it comes to uh, Jimmy and and company and. Let's let's talk about first off Jimmy's confidence of of being a lawyer. Sure, uh, it's it is unbelievable. Uh, just kind of the transformation that he's made from episode one to uh, we're on episode nine now. Uh, 
I mean, episode one, you kind of look and he's just kind of like, well, you know, I'm just doing this for the paycheck. I know these guys are guilty, but I'm going to do my best and we're going to see what happens mm-hmm. to now where he discovers this multi-million dollar case yeah. of of a fraud and, uh, you know, over, you know, across state lines and and all this stuff. And it's unbelievable at just the confidence that he has. I mean, when he walks into the, uh, I believe it's the harassment uh, portion uh, of uh, the, the court where, you know, the, the lawyers kind of file a harassment lawsuit of just like, Hey, you're going to do our, our rest home. It's basically, yeah, it's basically like a trespassing uh, suit or, or, or order. It's an order to, to permit, to, to refuse Jimmy access to the property of the Sandpiper Crossing. So they're basically saying you cannot step foot here on our property. And that, and that, solicitate customers. Yeah. And even though some, I mean, some of these people are, can't leave yeah. without, you know, some sort of guidance. And of course, uh, the, the Sandpiper community is going to be like, well, you know, that guy's a, you know, shady guy. You don't want to deal with him. Mm-hmm. Deal with our, our guy that, that we approve of. And, you know, basically they know they're going to lose. And, uh, you know, they set it up, but they don't care if they lose. The, what, the, what they're doing is stalling him. As much- buying time. Yeah. Yes, they're, they're literally buying time for this, this huge case that they very well could lose uh, in, I remember at the end of the episode, $20 million is what Chuck threw out. Mm-hmm. Um, the The number is spans across, you know, across state lines, and it's a multi-state case and everything. And racketeering, but, so they could be recharged over and over. This could go on for decades. And to lose $20 million is uh, quite quite a huge thing. And, un- and actually, it sounds like they should have taken it. The deal in the beginning? Yeah. Is, is what you're oh, they should have, no, the, the Sandpiper should have agreed on the $20 mil- million and just been done with it. You know, I mean, although I don't know how, how, how wh- wh- I mean, if they are that kind of big uh, mainstream type of uh, corporation where they are so many multiple states, maybe they could afford it and maybe they could just cut that loss. But take take the old Microsoft uh, Xbox 360 route of just like, OK, we screwed up. Uh, <laughs> here's a lot of money and new warranties for everybody. Uh, you, you felt like that that route should have been taken. Well, I mean, just because then it would be done, because now if they go into litigation with them and they go through this RICO Act, this could go on for centuries. This could go on and on and on. Uh, you know, as long as they, well, I mean, I know that the, most of their clients are getting old and won't be around long, but you know, it doesn't matter. This could still go on. They could have new clients and all, not only that, they get a family who, um, are suing for a personal, you know, loss of something related to their grandparents having to buy tissue paper at $14 a box. You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just no, saying. No, no, no. That, that totally makes sense. It, it, this money that uh, people are owed aren't, you know, just going to be like, well, they're dead. So they they don't count. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously there's there's some kind of back pay that, that is given to whether, you know, their families and things like that. That also goes on to how Hamlin, Hamlin McGill kind of responds to this whole thing. 
And you know what? It it seems like they. I mean, first off, uh, it's Chuck to Chuck's eye. It's very clear that they are just stalling time, and you know, these two can only do so much. And one of the big differences between you know beginning of the season and now is that Jimmy's con- you know Jimmy's confidence is through the roof, and a lot of that is because there's somebody right next to him at the battle line, it, and it just kind of. Saying, "Hey, you know, you're really good at this. I can't believe you found this. Oh, good you're, point. We're doing great. In the beginning, he had Kim, kind of, but not really. And now he has somebody just right by his side, ready to defend him. Mm-hmm. And what's kind of heartbreaking is the this the breakup of the brothers. And and now it's it's very clear that Chuck is is the bad guy in the entire ordeal with." The flashback uh, a couple episodes ago of Jimmy getting his uh, lawyer license and completing the bar and wanting just wanting to be an equal person in Mm -hmm. in Hamlin, Hamlin McGill. Uh, And it's very clear that Hamlin is just like, well, you know, you're just you're just a guy that is is a mailroom guy and just won't hack it in the lawyer world and all along we thought that it was Hamlin that didn't want Jimmy gosh it's so heartbreaking to see that what we see of this entire show uh all to the, at the very end is that we what we come to understand is that Hamlin agrees to be the bad cop for Chuck and he he tells in the very beginning, you know, as we see in the the previous episode, he tells Jimmy, hey, no, you can't be an attorney with us right now. We're not taking on any partners. I know you passed the bar, but you can, you can stay in the mail room. We can reassess this in six months. And then he leaves. Jimmy thinks that this is Hamlin. He hates Hamlin. Now he gets this case and he's talking to them and they're in the boardroom. Hamlin basically says, yes. We want the case, but no, we don't want, well, you. We don't want you, you know, and, so and that's words. the thing. And, and the whole ordeal in that boardroom scene is just him saying, hey, I brought you this gold, you know, yeah. gold mine. I think, I th- what was the line, you know? Yeah, silver and, platter. And yeah, right. Yeah, this is some, you should be begging me to, to be a part of your team for finding all this stuff. Right. And you don't want me. And, and all I want is that corner room 312. Yeah, and, and all, in reality, I mean, he was getting a big amount of money. I mean, he's getting a huge finder, basically a finder's fee mm-hmm. for finding this. Not to mention, I think he's getting... 20 percent yeah of the final, of the final right of the final ordeal mm-hmm. which ends up being uh my math if you know let me check my math gosh uh, I, I believe it's uh geez two million no not two million no they're gonna go they're gonna go way over 20 million mm-hmm. which is why I, yeah. I thought they should have settled at 20 million mm-hmm. you know because this is yeah. gonna go on and on and on that's why this is a gold mine it is the for the record, my math the I checked the the official math uh, uh, sponsor. Oh, of, okay, good, uh, good. Lawyer, because I'm podcast. I'm no and, good at math. <laughs> and twenty uh, percent of just twenty million, if they were just to go, you know, that route, is uh, four million dollars. So he would have collected four million dollars over the over the course of you know, depending how fast they move, you know, over the next couple of years. It's it's unbelievable that he's not allowed in and to the point where he he told Hamlin he's the miserable pig fuck that you are <laughs> which 
it's very if you've watched the episode you don't know don't know and i use that in quotes that he says fuck but uh amc kind of allows their shows to get one f-bomb really for a season a big thing with breaking bad is that they they've always fought for for their one f-bomb and huh. when they've when they use the f-bomb when it airs it is it's muted i should say and then you know when when syndication and all that stuff happens netflix blu-rays dvds whatever it's it's unmuted and the producers tend to use it when it's needed the most for example breaking bad a scene happens where somebody confesses that they've cheated on somebody and said i i effed this person and and one of the i mean you can when you watch breaking bad you'll figure it out and this definitely that never dawned on me that it was only allowed like once a season i i that's amazing i i mean i know that we've got people who listen who know every detail of everything I, and you know <laughs> what if, <laughs> you know, and if I'm but wrong, i i didn't catch that i i think that it's just cuz it's so well written that i didn't mm-hmm. you know see it and that's and that's the thing is like there's some you know there's some shows that are just like f this f that whatever mm-hmm. and it loses its meaning one like i said one of the greatest things that they allow is their one f bomb mm-hmm. we're only getting one so is this the appropriate time to use that one uh it's like the the PG13 rule every every movie gets one f f bomb if they don't use it in a sexual way, if I remember right, uh, huh. I'll maybe we'll check the sources. And for example, when X Men First Class came out, you know they had their one f bomb, and uh, they were trying to figure out how to use it, and they decided to use it for Wolverine because Wolverine he is just this badass that you know does badass things and to tell somebody to F off is, is a badass Wolverine thing and it fit. And for them to, it, it's very interesting and to that. They use miserable pig fuck that you are. And it shows the emotion of, of Jimmy of just like, I've fucking done so much yeah, for you. And I have like, I don't know why I am not good enough for you. And it's, you know, it's revealed that it's not Hamlin. It's, it's Chuck that that doesn't want him to the point where even Kim comes to yeah. you know their you know their date night almost and, and says hey you know you should really take the deal of you know just let it oh that let wasn't it that so heartbreaking be, uh, it is Kimmy trying and, to talk to him and you know that Kimmy now has the inside news she knows that this has now come from Chuck. Because yeah. because she went and she confronted Hamlin. Hamlin was so nasty to her. And she was walking out the door and he said, wait a minute, come back in. She comes back in, she shuts the door. And, you... and we don't see this conversation. No. But it but to the, it's basically of just like, hey, I'm not the bad guy. Right. I, Chuck I mean, wants should... this to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that, you know Kimmy knows this because of the way she reacts or or interacts with Chuck. I mean, I didn't really get this on my first viewing, but I definitely got it on my second viewing that he that that when she can she comes and meets him at the nail salon and says, "I've been trying to call you all day. I've been worried about you." 
And he's like, well, I got a bunch of booze. What kind of drink do you want? And the only Let's qualification you know, yeah. is that you have to listen to me bitch about your boss, Hamlin, and how much of a dickhead he is. And you can see in her face at that moment that she's thinking, well, it's not Hamlin that's the dickhead here. It's your brother. Yeah, and, and I think she she said it in a way of just like you just take the deal. the deal. Yeah. Take the deal. Yeah. You do not want to open a Pandora's box of, you know, of the real truth. Like this is what breaks my heart is that he is such a good guy right now. He is a, such a good guy by his brother. He's such a good guy by Kimmy. Uh everyone else. Yeah, he fights with Hamlin. But Hamlin is not the guy he should be fighting with. And and yet, he's embarrassing himself uh, in front of Hamlin by saying, Hey, I know you hate me, and trust me, it's the same way around. It's the same on this you know? side, yeah. And, and not only that, when he talks to, he, he tells off Kimmy, obviously somebody that he really cares about. And he says, what did he promise you? He must have promised you that office, I hope. Mm -hmm. You know, and... It's so insulting to her, but you can kind of tell that she's big enough that she's saying, I, I, I'm i just going to take this right now, because he does not know that it's his, it's his brother that's doing this. Yeah, it, I think, and it would have been heartbreaking for him to hear it from somebody else yeah. than for him to A, figure it out himself, or B, hear it from Chuck's mouth. And it's it was very smart of him, or of Kim. To be like, hey, you know, this is this is what's happening. You should really just move on. Otherwise, you are going to get heartbroken here. Mm -hmm. And it's very clear that he is heartbroken with the the argument that him and Chuck have. Mm -hmm. uh, of just like, hey, I know it was you that called. And I know it was you that, you know, have been messing with my career and he and it's all here's the problem it's all based on jealousy mm -hmm. of how how quick he's moved up and how uh how he's taken shortcuts and how he still believes that he's slipping jimmy and this is the kind of the the backdrop of of the first season of like jimmy is trying to shake off his his past of you know doing doing bad things and now he's trying to do good and he's trying to make uh you know make peace with you know his brother and the universe i i guess uh i don't want to get all uh Ilya Brizgalov on you uh, talking about the universe and mm -hmm. things but it um it's very clear that he wants to be this changed man and there's there's brick walls that are, are just like, hey, you are still this man. Oh. You are not changing. And again, to me, this was the most powerful part of the whole show. And I, it, I, I you know, it gives me ideas of where the season finale is going to go. But God, was that painful. And I actually wrote out uh, the script of what uh, Chuck actually said to Jimmy at that point. So, why don't we actually listen to it instead of me reading it? Boy, that phone, huh? 
phone must have felt like a blowtorch in your ear. All that electricity, all those radio waves right up against the side of your head. My God, what was so important that you had to call Howard before our meeting? The only thing I can think, the only thing that makes sense is you told him not to hire me. It was always you, right? Right back to when I passed the bar and tried to join the firm, you didn't want me. Speak up. Tell me why. It's the least you can do for me now. I'm your brother. We're supposed to look out for each other. Why were you working against me, Chuck? You're not a real lawyer. I'm what? You're not a real lawyer. University of American Samoa, for Christ's sake, an online course? What a joke. I worked my ass off to get where I am. And you take these shortcuts and you think suddenly you're my peer? You do what I do because you're funny and you can make people laugh? I committed my life to this. You don't slide into it like a cheap pair of slippers and then reap all the rewards. I thought you were proud of me. I was. When you straightened out and got a job in the mailroom, I was very proud. So that's it then, right? Keep old Jimmy down in the mailroom, because he's not good enough to be a lawyer. I know you. I know what you were, what you are. People don't change. You're Slippin' Jimmy. And Slippin' Jimmy I can handle just fine, but Slippin' Jimmy with a law degree is like a chimp with a machine gun. The law is sacred. If you abuse that power, people get hurt. This is not a game. You have to know on, on some level. I know you know I'm right. You know I'm right. I... I got you a 20-pound bag of ice and some bacon and some eggs and a couple of those steaks that you like. Some fuel canisters. It's enough for three or four days. After that, you're on your own. I am done. Jimmy. 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 Jimmy, come back inside. Jimmy! So there's there's a lot going on in that last part between them. Chuck says so many painful, hurt, hurtful hurt, things. Yeah, very. It's very hurtful for him to say all this, all these analogies and and things that you know. It's almost like a bullet to the heart. Yes, just like you know, it's unbelievable. And for for Jimmy to kind of keep his cool and just say, "Hey, I got I you some, some steaks." I've got you some steaks. There's kerosene. I'm out. Yep. I'm not. I'm leaving. That and he just kind of storms off. Broke and my goddamn heart. Yeah, it's it's really, really painful. And for... And bravo to both actors, by the way. Yeah. Oh, geez, Louise. Uh, <laughs> Michael McKeon and Baba Girk. Great job. You know what? I've only, I've only seen Michael McKeon in, like, you know, 
Um, comedy? God, what is it? Co- in comedies, like mm-hmm. Coneheads and, you know, guest starring in, I agree. in Saturday yeah. Night Live. And it's unbelievable, his range. Yes. It's all, I mean, it's, you have no idea how, how uh, much these writers transform actors. They've, they've gone on record of like, hey, we use, we use a lot of comedians to, you know, for stuff that's drama. And they, they transform them into this Shakespearean actor, like, fucking bill burr in, <laughs> yeah. in breaking bad mm-hmm. his lines are yes they're funny but they're so they're given in this dramatic way and and everything that it's it's unbelievable of what they've done lavelle crawford another comedian uh the big the big black guy that's uh, a security for for saul yeah it, it transformed him into this silent silent man that you know all he's trying to do is just do his job and it's unbelievable of what the writers, the producers, and have they have a lot of faith absolutely in the actors of uh, Rick definitely the second big part of this show is the scenario with Mike, which I absolutely loved. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor, Audible. For our listeners of Lawyer Up, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free thirty day trial to give you you just an opportunity to check out their services. I was about to suggest an audiobook by Bob Ungerk that I've already suggested before because I'm so excited about Mr. Show coming back. I don't know if you caught that today, but everything's in the works. There was a bunch of stories out today, um, and, and it's going to be called With Bob and Bob and David. So it's not just Mr. Show. It's called With Bob and David, and there's yeah, going to be four episodes on Netflix. I'm sorry. Go. I, I was going to say it, it, what you're going to say now. It's four episodes of Netflix and I think an hour yeah. behind the seats special. And it's it's great that they've revived it in some form. Granted, it's not, you know, 13 like everybody I wants know. or whatever. It's but sometimes less is more. And it's, it's very great that they're that they're bringing it back. And I know. I know I saw the news. I think I saw it today, uh, and you just were I first person I thought was you of just ecstatic <laughs> and overjoyed with, with this news. Uh, one and you you kind of have an interview pick. Uh, yeah, Audible does interviews as well. They have little short form podcasts uh, that you can buy and use as credit as well. Yeah, you, you don't have to pick a book, uh, an audio book. That there are interviews. There are special podcasts. That you can purchase. And one of them is by uh, Michael Ian Black. And he does a series where he interviews different celebrities. But I just happened to stumble across this. But on March 9th, I think it was, he did one on Bob Odenkirk. And it's called How to Be Amazing with Bob Odenkirk. (laughs) And it basically, it's like an hour-long interview. And so this week, that's what I used my credit on. And I got like halfway through it before we got started, and it was great. He's really going behind the scenes of what it was like to start off as a writer on SNL. And what I love is that he's talking about how it was so important for him to focus on writing and comedy writing. But then he needed to go off and learn improv later after the fact. So, I mean, I knew this about Baba Gurk all along. That he didn't join Second City until after he left SNL. 
So, uh, but, you know, that's why I, I think I love this person so much more is that it's the focus on the writing and not so much on the, the, the acting because anybody can act out your words. You can get, uh, Dana Carvey or, um, Chris Farley to do the man down by the river, uh, you know, <laughs> thing, uh, that you write and let them take the glory, but you've written that great work. You know, so that's the, 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 that's the kind of thing I love about these people. So now now that uh, Jackie has given some of these picks, you can you can pick one of these uh, fine picks, or you can grab your own by going to www.audibletrial.com slash lawyer up. And they have over 150,000 titles to choose from. And like Jackie said, there there isn't just audiobooks there's also little podcast interviews that you can use your credit on and you can access them through your pc iphone android device or your kindle and remember just go to www.audibletrial.com slash lawyer up you'll get a 30-day free trial and a a chance to try out their amazing service all right rick shall we talk about mike yes uh let's we we have to talk we about have mike to because, talk about mike. Uh, it was he he brought one of the probably the most badass moments in in the Breaking Bad canon, and I'm not talking about just Better Call Saul. I'm talking about entire Breaking Bad series, and uh, just the way he went to this uh, job unprotected with a pimento sandwich. With yeah, with with a sandwich like like he's going to. Uh, you work on construction. I'm just like, well, you know, I got my lunch pail and I'm ready to go. And for him to the the confrontation of the guys are just like, wait, you didn't, you didn't bring a weapon? Like, what? No, I don't need one. And just like, well, I'll just take yours if I need it. And just like, oh yeah, you're gonna take my is, but I, and then just boom, he's choked out. He, you know, he's choked up because one, he gets a a pistol grip right in the throat, and the other guy runs away. He is which... so much classier than any James Bond ever. Like, he <laughs> he is so, he's got it all down. I'm sorry, go, but go ahead. Yeah, No, 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 I, you're, you're totally right. It just, you know, quick, very quick. Part of it is because of his police training, and I don't, it's very clear that these guys don't have any training. <laughs> you know, they're just big guys of just like, oh, you know, I have guns and I know how to shoot. So I'm the right man for the job. It's unbelievable how they've made Mike uh, such a badass in mm-hmm. in the last you know couple episodes. Earlier in the season, I've complained of like why Mike, why is Mike here? What what is he doing? Yes, you have. Why, the... why even bother? I wouldn't say it's that you complained. Clear. I don't. I wouldn't say that you complained. But, I, I would say, but you I were brought you were brought you were bringing up very important concerns, mm-hmm. most definitely. And but I disagreed with you all along because I knew we would see the... Yes. You know. <laughs> For the record, Jackie, yes, she disagreed. She's like, don't worry, dummy. We're going it, to find... It's fun. coming. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's amazing how they've kept me engaged with, with the Mike saga uh-huh. of, you know, building him up. Okay, the, let me ask you this question very quickly. Okay, so this, yes. is, this is a scenario where we... Piece by piece, we slowly realize what Mike knows. And I, I will I will wait. We can talk a little bit more about the Mike scenario of, and, and when he interacts finally at the end. 
But at the very beginning, I guess the second bozo who walks up says, do you know what's going on? He's like, oh, a little bit. I got a pimento sandwich. And he doesn't really say much more. Yeah. He he plays dumb. Mm-hmm. And he lets he lets other people reveal themselves to him. But he's he, done a bunch of research. Exactly. And, and that's the thing, is that he wants to know, like, it's a very common method of, let's say, a chess or checkers mm-hmm. to let the other person make the first move. Because normally, you can kind of see in their first couple moves of what they're going to do for the entire game. He let them tell him what he already knew. Mm-hmm. And if he was wrong, you know, if he was wrong, then, you know, of of course he's going to be like, okay, so you're good. You're straight. You're, you know what I know. You're, you're somebody that I can work with. These guys are just like, oh, it's a protection job. It's, it's this and it's going to be easy and whatever. As soon as they said that stuff, it was clear that to Mike that these guys are going to be easily disposable or are going to uh, screw up the operation. Right. Those were the two options, and it's very clear that he chose option one. I don't think we need to go into a whole lot of that first part where, I mean, just because it was so damn good. And I know that everybody who's listening, that's really ingrained in their head as this is one of the highlights of this season, is that point where Mike is there proving his point to these two big guys showing off that he didn't need a gun and gets the guys to leave, gets in the van with Price and says, well, I think it's agreed upon that I'm getting the f- a full 1500 you know, <laughs> for the three guys. Yeah. And they jump in the van, they take off. You know, there's another story that goes on here because they meet up with Nacho. Well, I mean... W- to, to kind of throw back to the beginning of the conversation, I've always had concerns about, like, why is Mike here? Why is he getting the bill, the billing when he's only here for five seconds, whatever. Uh, that kind of shifted to the actor uh, Michael Mondo, I, I believe is the correct uh, yeah. actor's name. Mm-hmm. He's getting opening credit credits. He's going to be around for a while, yeah. And, <laughs> and all that. And he's only, this marks his, this marks his third full, like, his third appearance. I was kind of wondering why he's still getting billed and all that uh, and until he showed up here. And it's very clear that they are building to something that may be Breaking Bad-esque. The, the whole point was the, the protection that Mike was protecting is a pharmacist. And he was uh, handing off drugs to uh, Nacho. And from... This is my one prediction of of the season. We we both have one prediction, you know. No, I, I I've got another one. So we've got two or three. Uh, okay. So. Yeah. I I I try to keep it to one per season. Oh. I think I think my my thing is that this this drug that he sold to Nacho is pseudo, uh, which is a big ingredient in to make methamphetamine, which. Breaking Bad is about making meth and all that stuff. So it makes sense that a pharmacist is selling box or the canisters of pseudo because pseudo, if you learn in Breaking Bad, it's a little bit harder to get in bulk. So moving on from that, Mike talks about criminal versus bad guy. There are 
criminals like like the pharmacist. He's just trying to make a living. He's not a bad guy uh, at all, but he just did a criminal act compared to bad guys like the people that killed his son. He goes in detail of the difference between being a criminal. You can be a good person and be a criminal like the pharmacist. Let's go ahead and take a listen to that scene. The lesson is, if you're going to be a criminal, do your homework. Wait, I'm, I'm not a bad guy. I... I didn't say you're a bad guy. I said you're a criminal. What's the difference? I've known good criminals and bad cops. Bad priests, honorable thieves. You can be on one side of the law or the other. But if you make a deal with somebody, you keep your word. You can go home today with your money and never do this again. But you took something that wasn't yours, and you sold it for a profit. You're now a criminal. Good one, bad one, that's up to you. I, I can get more pills. And I am sure that fellow will keep buying. Why don't you get us home? You can sleep on it before you decide. I was kind of surprised that he was explaining all of this to this guy who doesn't deserve to know it mm -hmm. because he's a knucklehead. And not only that, it started making me think because when they get back into that van, Price, he's looking at this bag of money and he's got this look on his face and I'm, I'm wondering how good were the drugs mm -hmm. he just gave him? So did he just fuck? nacho over with the drugs if if that's the case then it could really come back to haunt you price, know not only but mike as price well. but 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 also because mike he, yeah and yeah. it's it's interesting that they that mike did the whole explanation of like well this is why you know i asked this and you know i don't know if it was to explain to the guy it might have just been a demonstration to the yeah For to us? the audience of like okay Here's why I'm a yeah. badass, because I did all this research and stuff like that. I want to believe it's it's about the show mm -hmm. and not about uh, yeah. explaining and, it to us. And, you know, it the explanation to him, was it needed? Yeah, maybe a little bit uh, to demonstrate, hey, if you're going to be a criminal or a bad guy, you need to kind of mm. think about this before you do it again. And if you want to do it again, I'm here. You can call me, but be prepared for being better prepared. Because if you just would have went yeah. with those mm -hmm. other guys, they probably just would have shot up the place and then you'd all be dead. It's very, very likely mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that's why it was kind of explained in depth to him. So that goes to my season finale prediction is that I think that that's where it's going to come down to is that there is something going on here, Nacho, because it ties also because finally it really does tie in to all of the elements of the show. Season. Yeah, it's... Mm. You know what I mean? They they want to give us something that we're going to wonder and how it's going to And that's to the weird out. thing, is that this episode, it really felt like part one of the finale. Because it really yeah. did just kind of end on like, okay, the brothers are broken up. What's going to happen next? Uh, yeah. But it's possible that it just may end of just like, okay... Jimmy's kind of in a in a shitty place right now because his brother turns out that is kind of a scumbag and we don't know if they're going to reunite and Jimmy's going to fall back into his old ways of slipping Jimmy and 
this mm-hmm. whole Mike thing might just be the end of of Mike's character for the season. I I we don't know if he's going to accept more jobs or if his granddaughter is going to be heavily involved with his life and it's the finale can go many different ways. It seems like it's going to mm-hmm. go the way of oh Jimmy's back to being slipping Jimmy and that's the finale. Uh, we don't know because promos the promos by the way for the next episodes uh, have been edited They're edited very perfectly vague. because they're vague enough to you know where you don't know what's going to happen but they also include things of just like okay so I think this is going to happen because this is what was shown and whatever for example the after Chuck steals the newspaper we're thinking like oh shit Chuck's going to be locked in jail and Jimmy's going to have to figure out a way to to break him out oh, and yeah, things like yeah. that. But yeah. it ended up being something completely different. And I don't mm-hmm. know if the producers have a hand in like, okay, we're going to cut this promo because sometimes they're handed off to third-party companies. First seasons are always the mixed bag because they have to, they have to keep people engaged but also put backstory into, into characters. And the benefit of of this spinoff, uh, Saul, that we've already kind of know what he is, uh, but to kind of put the backspin on it of just like, okay, so yes, he's a bad guy in the future, but we're telling the story of his, you know, not, you know, his rise to becoming this bad guy, but also saying, hey, you know what? He's an unbelievable, like he is a caring person. He he cares about people. He's actually a really good lawyer and trying to do good for people. But we know you guys want to see him throwing out one-liners and, you know, being the scumbag lawyer because that's what people loved about Saul. But right now we're getting this whole he's a good person. And mm-hmm. I think people are upset of just like, okay, we want to see more like Saul ads. And why isn't he called Saul? And, you know. It's called Better Call Saul. So why is he not Saul? We're gonna get to that. And I, th- I think, I think, I think now this is the point where we're. Gonna and break and through I think that the trigger finally. will be pulled on. Like, okay, it's Saul time. You know, mm-hmm. he's gonna be. He's gonna notice. Yeah. That everybody's against him, so he needs to be his own man. He felt at the end of the episode, he felt very alone, and a lot of that is because mm-hmm. he thought Hamlin was against him. And then he, when Kim came, Kim, Kim now was against him. And now is, his own brother's against him. Now he has nobody. And yeah. this finale is going to be him coming out of the, the garbage can that, you know, he tried searching uh, stuff for. And really being very careful about who he trusts as emotionally, you know, because I, I did see a sneak peek of him talking to Kim and saying, I'm sorry I yelled at you. But honestly, obviously something's going to happen between him and Kim. There's going to be, I wonder if he's going to come back to Chuck. I I really, I think that that's the story of the show is how does Jimmy McGill turn into Saul Goodman? And I think, I kind of now almost think that this is going to be the entire series. Of, of him become, that, of building to becoming Saul Goodman. It, and it makes sense. Uh, yeah. And I don't mind that. I don't mind. 
I don't either because I've actually gone back and recently and started watching the Breaking Bad episodes with uh with Saul Goodman again. Uh, even though I did it before the show started, but now watching it again, I think I've, I have a better idea of just how broken this man is. Yeah, and it's he. What's going to happen is this whole everybody's against the mentality, and he he doesn't want to mm-hmm. be associated with his brother. I'm pretty sure that his brother's going to do more dastardly things uh, than you know tell him, hey. You're not a part of my law, law firm because I am jealous of yeah, you. Yeah, you're not a real attorney. Yeah, so it's I think he's mm-hmm. there's it's only going to get worse, and he's he's going to yeah. want to become his own person, and that's the best part of this journey. I'm so excited! I'm so excited about this Monday. I can't even begin to tell you. I might even actually go live and broadcast my reactions, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do that yet. But you can follow me at JackieHeron81 on Twitter if you want to, by chance, catch me make a fool of myself. Uh, maybe throw some popcorn in my mouth and like. You, stuff you can off never, you can never make yourself look, <laughs> look look crazy. So, or you know, whatever. Before we before shut it down. But hey, yeah, we. We actually had a we had some feedback this week. Yes, uh we we got a Twitter a message from uh, Magic Wabbit. Uh that's Magic W A B B I T and he said, "Wow, tonight, yes, Magic, Magic Wabbit." Wabbit. Uh, I might be pronouncing it like wrong because my my voice is I don't know. I just either, I just say it. Either yeah, way. No, you're yeah. <laughs> either way. Uh he said, yeah. "Wow, tonight's episode is a great one with a powerful ending. Mike in the parking garage is priceless, not to mention the final scene of the show cannot wait for the finale. So it's very clear that uh, he kind of agrees about Mike's badassness, and uh, as well as just kind of the the tension between uh, the the McGill brothers. And very quickly, one or two word answer, Rick. Would you say what is the better part of this episode? Was that the Mike story versus Chuck story? That's a hard one. Yes, huh? but. I'm going to have to say the the Jimmy uh, Chuck story Uh, just because there's a lot of depth, uh, especially if you you start adding things up of like, okay, why is Kim, you know, Kim turning on on Jimmy? And you're just like, okay, that's why, because this happened. And you're just like, oh, okay. So Kim Mm -hmm. didn't want his Jimmy's feelings hurt. It's it's more in depth as much as I love Mike's uh, super badassness. And I I'll go on record saying it's. One of the most badass moments in the Breaking Bad canon ever, but mm-hmm. it's it's Jimmy's story that that's the better. All right, yes. I'll let you wrap okay, up the rest. so we just like Magic Rabbit leaving us feedback. We want to hear from you, and one of the ways that he did it is just by at replying us on Twitter, which you can do so at Lawyer Up Podcast. It's all one word. You can also leave us an old fashioned phone call and a voicemail. You can call us at. Yeah, we, we won't uh we won't answer neither will jimmy but you can leave all your lawyer needs and feedback at 505-750-1760 also you can email us at lawyeruppodcast at gmail.com don't forget there's lawyeruppodcast.com also you can subscribe to us on a multitude of formats uh just like itunes we also just recently launched on Stitcher, 
and, and you can also, uh, I think eventually we're going to put out the RSS feed and you can pop it in into your own podcast catcher and we'll see what happens from there. Multitude of ways you can reach us uh, feedback and subscribe as well. People can find me at Rick Foster, rickfoster.org. Uh, eventually I will put out a video of my entire weekend uh, escapades of jury mania, oh. uh, which uh, absolute blast. That's part of the reason why I'm sick. And my voice sounds uh, like I've been to a lot of men in stretchy pants. I'm so sorry. Uh, I've kept you so shows. long. I, I, when I saw that tweet a couple of hours ago of Dr. Bird, Sitting on your knee. Yes. I knew it was like, oh, gosh, I really need to make it very easy on Rick Foster today. But, yeah, no, uh, that's great. I can't. So where would people be able to find uh, I that? will. I will tweet out. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's it's a long, complicated thing, and eventually I'll get it shortened. But if you – the videos will come up hopefully sometime this weekend at Rick Foster. I'll tweet it, and I'll pin the tweet on top as well. And Jackie Hearn, where can people find you on the internet? No, we've already we've already discussed that. But what I would say is definitely if you are the type of person who gets the majority of your entertainment online uh, outside of cable television, please go to courtkillers.com and check that out. Uh, that is the number one podcast for anything related to how can I cut the cord? How can I break away from Comcast or Time Warner or all those other or even, crappy people that are now airing our podcasts right now even, that you're listening to? Or even to? just uh, about the, <laughs> the services that, that help you cut the cord. I mean, they, they kind of go in-depth uh, into uh, Sling TV, which is the new online cable channel service, which uh, has AMC on there. And, yeah. and you can watch Better Call Saul mm -hmm. there. I didn't I didn't realize that until like three weeks ago that I could watch AMC shows live on the AMC website if I had the Comcast or mm -hmm. Time Warner account. All I had to do was go to the, the website and watch it. Yeah, and, watch and it it's, live. it's amazing. And I'm sure I wouldn't have found out about that uh, if it wasn't uh, due to Cord Killers, uh, one of the best. Uh, ways to to find out about shows and just ways to to gain to stay in touch with television without it's the show that gives you the tools to watch what you want when you want on whatever damn device you want so yes please go check out cordkillers.com so jaggy Hearn, until next week's season finale of better call Saul. Lawyer up Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Pimento is a cheese. They call it the caviar of the South.